bedtime bar stories on the spot at the bar. Impromptu, that's how we do. Welcome back to Bedtime Bar Stories for our second part of our deep dive into the history of the legendary Fort Lauderdale Bar, Summers on the Beach. So excited to be back here with Alan and Suzanne discussing more about Summers on the Beach. In part one, we heard from the owners, Alan and Suzanne McDowell, about how they got into the bar business and brought rock and roll to Fort Lauderdale. We rejoined the story at the point where Summers on the Beach was about to make a global splash. No pun intended. (laughs) But before we jump back in, if you'd like to freshen up your drink, might I suggest another Summer on the Beach from last week's episode? And that is our peach vodka and our... Svedka mango pineapple vodka with a splash of OJ and a splash of cranberry juice shaken and poured into the glass of your choice. And you can garnish that with pineapple or orange wedge or cherries or what have you. Or if you're like me, your glass is empty and listening to last week's episode made you wish you had a time machine so you can experience a night at Summers on the Beach. How about a DeLorean? The cocktail, that is, not the time-traveling car. Because since I don't have an actual time machine, the best I can do is a cocktail and part two. So here's how we make a DeLorean. You guys ready? It's yummy. Okay, so what we wanna do is we wanna take one and a half ounces of gin, the gin of your choice, And then we want to add an ounce of blue carousel. That sounds yummy already. One ounce of lime juice, a bar spoon of white sugar. You can also substitute that for simple syrup if you have that. And then you want to garnish with two bendy straws. (laughs) Well, that sounds good. So in other words, take all those ingredients and shake them with ice and then strain them and serve them in double rocks glass filled with fresh ice. And then you can garnish with your straws. This cocktail is a gin-based day drinking sipper of choice at Barcelona's Polaroid Bar. Okay, here it is, part two. Here we go. As spring break became the big years, which in the 80s, which we had sometimes 4,000 people through the door. In one day, we had... That's just quite a turnover. That's just like amazing. We had lines. And that's at night from 6.30 on because we, during spring break, during those big years, we'd open up at 7 a.m. We'd have a WSHE DJ come at six in the morning when wow. they started and, start. and they and they would broadcast from our front patio live? from six to nine yeah live oh my goodness you know so um and then we opened the door at seven it was legally allowed from seven and then uh, we'd have a promotion beat the clock you know from seven to eight it was i don't know maybe 50 cents you know or 
25 cents a draft beer. Oh, my God. And every hour, and go up another. So we'd have the college. <laughs> they're there. They're there at the door. Right? And, and we learned this really from the elbow room. Because we, we'd see, we understand the elbow room used to open up seven in the morning and be a line there. So why, why can't we do why that? Why couldn't you do it? So yeah. we had a DJ there in the morning, you know, and, and along with, uh, you know, kind of a beat the clock promotion. And and then the pools opened up at 10 o'clock and, uh, and, and the then, pool and started. The from that on yeah. time on. So we'd have over a thousand or more people in and out during the day. And then at 630, because we're going to have such big crowds at night. For the bands. For, for the bands and for the promotion and the college parties starting at night we'd empty out the club and, and then there's a big line out front and they all start coming in again, you know, paying the cover charge. And wow. So by nine o'clock, we'd have a thousand people in the club, you oh know, goodness, you know before uh, the night started, you know. And then and early on, we gave away, <laughs> during the season, we would give away 50,000 t-shirts with our with summer the, with the logo. Period. Well, six, eight weeks. It depends on That's when Easter was because Easter... The fine yeah. usually the end of spring break. Yeah, the right. week after Easter usually was the end. So sometimes Easter came early, sometimes it came late. Right. But we started in like the middle of February with the 50, Canadian schools. Fifty thousand. Yeah. So we would with go the, all over, even traveling if we'd be on a flight to London or Italy, and we would see in the airport someone wearing a summer's <laughs> t-shirt. So when you think about spring break and the memories and. Yeah, so... Um, so you would see that in London? We would see it all over the world. We would see somebody wearing a summer's T-shirt. But what was interesting is, you know, in 1983, we went worldwide in, in Playboy. So Playboy did a cover story called Permanent Vacation. And it went into the, the Hong Kong, uh, the, the Chinese Playboy, the French Playboy, the, 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 the Italian Playboy... And how many pages? Six full pages. So not not even the the, wow. the the centerfold got six full pages. And I asked at some point the special projects manager for Playboy, who was very elegant, and he said, "Look, Playboy. There was no internet. There was no. We we covered the bands. We covered politics, and of course we had the centerfold. But Playboy was." really uh, in a very important magazine and everyone had playboy yeah and i mean my dad i remember you know yeah, had mine too playboys right so my dad was part of the playboy club <laughs> <laughs> so it was but was. so oh, yeah. when that happened, when that happened in um 1983 we had a national footprint and we became really a cultural icon, a kind of a pop culture icon. And um, MTV decided to make our club its home base for broadcast. Oh, my God. So they broadcast That's Adam Curry from the pool. Nippon Network did the same thing. And so we were in a lot of magazine publications other than Playboy. And people from all over the world would seek us out. And of course, um, come from all over the world. Come from all over the world. So it, it, you know, as far as tourism was concerned, Fort Lauderdale advertised for tourism and college students tremendously during the '80s. And then at some point, when spring break got too big, they started to pull back. And then Daytona wanted those customers sure. and Miami Beach wanted those customers so and then it started um, the fizzle and then came the wall yeah then came the wall well, the famous wall yeah well that started in 86 and uh 
that was the first year that they really came down on the spring break kids the city they mm -hmm. they wanted to send a message that no yeah. open containers you can't drink yeah. walking down the street yeah, anymore and, keep any of them away. Right, exactly <laughs> exactly you know, so right but it was still a pretty big year 86 uh, is a pretty big year but, it, but, but 87 is really when it dropped off it started dying so started, started going, going to other places they started going to yeah, panama city daytona i started to say mexico and, you said yeah. panama city up up in, yeah, the panhandle. The panhandle. So, yeah. Well, we kept yeah. it going because uh, we, we started producing movies. So we had videos that were on pay-per-view. And then uh, film companies started to seek us out. And we ended up, uh, I ended up becoming a producer for these movies, Lauderdale, Canopy Love, and South Beach Academy with Corey Feldman, James Hong, Al Lewis, Grandpa oh, wow. Monster. So it just spun from there. And yeah. well, um, also in addition, yeah. in, in '87 or '88, <clears throat> Penrods closed mm -hmm. and the, and the button closed. So for the last few years that we were there, it was really the the, the clubs. It was at the Elbow Room, Summers, and the Candy Store. And the Candy Store were the three. Yeah, the three, you guys really. Were yeah. Right. Can you tell me something? Can you think back of a funny? time i mean we've got the history oh i know so much went on in those everyday you know <laughs> those everyday tell me something that really stuck in your head something we have a little history i'm there we have the history because the history i wanted first that was the most important but can you tell me something that happened that was a oh wow moment or or like you couldn't believe it or somebody walked in or a funny situation something that you just cracked up about to this day well i don't know about funny i mean uh, just one situation we had uh <laughs> victor the wrestling bear yeah, this bear <laughs> so it's kind of it's unusual a bear, it's a real, it's a real uh, yeah it's a canadian black bear um i don't know 600 800 pounds i don't know big big canadian back so the promotion was, if you could pin the uh, pin the bear, you get a thousand bucks. So we booked the bear, and of course the uh, and the, what is it? Peta. Peta was out there because uh, we, we're advertising it, right? Everybody's hearing about. So they're out front of the club uh, the night of. But prior to that, the city of Fort Lauderdale was questioning whether we were we could even have the bear in our club at all. So we were kind of like dealing with the building department. And then with the captain on the police force, whether they're going to allow us to even have this bear. And here we're promoting this whole thing, you know. Uh -huh. So they ended up, um, we ended up settling with them, and, and we we'd have the park rangers would attend the you know the event that night because of the bear. Because of the bear, and they wanted to see that the bear was being treated oh, properly. Uh, properly, right, right. right. And that uh, so the bear came with a trainer, and it was in an air conditioned uh, bus. Or, you know, had its own bus. It had its own, had its own, own bus. Yeah, it was a traveling. You know, it was a star. So uh, the the park rangers stated that the bear was being treated better than most. Uh, you know, it was very good. You know, most, most people. stars. So, so we had about I don't know, close to nine hundred people there that night, for, uh, and we had a hundred people sign up to wrestle the bear. A hundred, but we only allowed eight people were allowed to wrestle, and one was uh, one of our doormen who was a Pan Am wrestler. It's Ohio State uh, Pan Am wrestler, anyway, okay. and he wrestled the bear. So, but the bear had a muzzle, so and, and declawed, so it wasn't really going to hurt anybody. I was going to ask you, but but it, but it was pretty well trained because it knew how to go and grab your foot and knock you down. Oh, 
how funny is that? Yeah, That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. So at the end of the show, he sits on a chair and he drinks a Coke. <laughs> the bear. The bear did? Yeah. <laughs> that was his prize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you so, have that in your club. Yeah, 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 that was only one one. Promotion. We have it on the, It's all over the news. We have the news clips that the news showed it. You know. Oh, how funny! You know, we had all the news stations there, and you know, but it was it was uh, oh, kind of a, something oh we God, didn't know was going to happen enjoyed, or not. That's funny. I would have enjoyed seeing that. <laughs> I could show you some video. That I would love to yeah. see. Yeah, but, we had we had we did some unusual uh, filming for for various videos that we had. We had a. a uh, uh, a guy that jumped into the swimming pool on fire yep. for a world record for for the uh, the book Guinness the Guinness Book world. of World Records yeah, really? yeah. and uh, we had a, a a girl that put did some put herself into a suitcase uh, we had a girl that uh, yeah she could do she she, she yeah. was one of those you oh, know that contortionist yeah. yeah. so we had we. For one of the videos, we had a girl who danced with a boa constrictor. Oh God! And so we, you know, whatever, whatever would be interesting, we weren't afraid to try it. To try it, and uh, you know, we, we, we got we got contacted by the National Enquirer. They wanted to have one of their reporters wrestle one of our girls. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the boxing. For, for the boxing. For, yeah, this would be wrestling. In the wrestling, boxing, oh. wrestling, but this was the wrestling, and they wanted to do mud. And Suzanne said, "Told me." I said, that, "No, we don't do mud. It's not. <laughs> it's, not too do mud. it's too dirty. I'm not going to have mud in the club. But I'll tell you what we will do. I said we will have chocolate pudding. Oh wow! And so the girls will wrestle oh. in chocolate pudding, and so we got these gallons of chocolate pudding. Oh, we had God. a we had a um, a, a, a stage. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a stage set up with, uh, and and it just so happened that an aircraft carrier was in port in Fort Lauderdale, and we were a favorite bar for the aircraft carrier for the sailors that right. would come in. So we got, uh, you know, very often during the year and spring break, they loved to come for their R and R to Fort Lauderdale because it had all these great bars and right. a lot of fun, and and we treated them very well and. They also had their own MPs that kept them in line, of so course. it was really no problem. You so they have to worry about that. So that so you could uh, become a a uh, a ringman uh, to, to to help you know with with the girls who wrestled. So um, we so the National Mentu did a cover story about chocolate pudding wrestling and at Summers and one of the sailors who volunteered to be the manager of the of the girl that was fighting um decided to lick off the oh my god they're putting on <laughs> the her. putting on her legs so that was kind of a, a funny thing that was that was uh, one of the one of the layouts but it was just you know that was just one crazy oh, I'm sure uh, promotions and uh whether it was a, a that that we love to host. I mean, the only promotion that really kind of failed one night that we ever had in the twelve years was there was a jazz night. So no, that didn't go over no. well. That's a rock and roll place. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So that that, well, that didn't. Try. Yeah, we tried. We tried. <laughs> we tried just about everything. So the movies that we ended up shooting there, of course, brought in a great 
great crowd, whether it was a video or a movie, everybody wants to be in the movies. Everybody wants to be part of the crowd. So there were many movies, um, many stars that we, that we, and, and stars would come and hang out, whether it was John Bon Jovi or Paul Schaefer. And when we met Hal the Animal Stone, who on our patio one day, he was the one that brought in the female boxing and wrestling show, which was an entertainment boxing show. But eventually, because we had a, um, a very gifted boxer as one of our staff, we got into the professional boxing arena and we brought Larry Holmes out of retirement for an exhibition fight. Uh, and uh, that, that became one of the arms of one of the things we did for pay-per-view. And just um, is endless. It yeah. does all these things that stem yeah. from summers. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the, the female boxing show. I'm sure the men uh, love that. Regis Philbin promoted it on his show with Hal Stone right before he came to summer. So we got that kind of national recognition again, where, where a lot of the, the, the people coming to Fort Lauderdale would seek us out. Hey, what's happening at summers this week? How many bands do you have? You know, are we going to see Eddie Grant, Pat Travers, The Outlaws? You know, Amazing. what bands are we going to see this week? And we had wonderful bands. We had bands like uh, the local bands were amazing, like uh, Force and Fury and Twist. And they all had their own followings, Gypsy Queen. Mm -hmm. So we had these uh, Stranger and I mean, the, the, the New Wave bands, too. We had we had nights where we would have a New Wave band. So it was some this, type of wonderful entertainment yeah, going on there. It was an endless kind of you know, who are we booking in? And, and yet we, it was like it's still like a, a corner bar. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it was still like not a corner bar, but like the the um, a beach bar maybe. I don't yeah, know. it was a beach the neighborhood. Bar. Like everybody knew about was, this bar. It's more than a neighborhood bar, of course. Right, right. It's much more. Well, I mean, it was more the, the local the local musicians. Right. You know, everybody wanted to play there because they give them an opportunity to showcase what. But they were. So we catered to the local bands and we'd occasionally have a 10 band Sunday, you know, a showcase and, wow. and start at noon until, you know, till we close and have different bands come on through the day. And sometimes we would invite, uh, you know, uh, the record companies to come down the oh, for the wow. showcase. And so, oh, you know, so we would cater to the local. And the A&R yeah. people from record companies would come and and find and discover bands and they would get their big break because they played summer stage as opposed to um in our, in our club we paid the bands uh to to play if you were at say gazari's on the sunset strip in, uh, in los angeles you, you, the bands would have to pay gazari to play their stage so we were very band friendly uh and um and and i think you know that it, it became a music club and we had a commitment to the city and a commitment to the music scene to develop and to make Fort Lauderdale a music center, a music scene. Which you most certainly did. Yeah, and, and, you know, that made us very, very proud. And then, you know, with the, with the extra arm of producing movies, which I went on to become a film producer uh, from from the experience at Summers, as our DJ uh, Michael Thompson, who's British, ended up uh, creating uh, clubs of his own in Hull in England, because he says that we taught him the business, and we're very proud of our our staff because you know, one one of our guys is the chief of police in 
Coral Gables and other Secret Service and and you know everybody just I mean they, everybody blossomed yes from also everybody's a close still a close family so our back bartender Big Jerry is still friends with Johnny Depp. Oh wow, that's so fun! From those days, from the days of everybody just and, being like one big happy family working together. And one of our guys is the head of security for Springsteen to this day. Wow! So that little ex experience that he had, and one of the um, guys who was just a teenager, I used to. Tell him just, you know, he was underage. I said, you, you, he says, can I just come and hear the bands? And I was kind to him. And I said, okay, yeah, you can go there and just be quiet and don't drink anything because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> so now he's the head of a hundred radio stations. Oh my goodness. And all because you allowed him to sit there and listen to music, which is all he wanted to do. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. And the art school, the art Institute of Fort Lauderdale was right around the corner. So we had, uh, we had some of the students there make their extra money for going through school. And it was great because they were terrific. They were art students. Art students. Yeah. And we had great flyers that back then, you you know, you, you only had to depend on the radio, the radio station, the flyers, the newspapers to yeah, promote no a band. No internet. There's just that. the, there was just the airplane banner. <laughs> that good old airplane yeah, banner. Well, it hit all the tourists because they don't necessarily listen to the radio stations, right? Right. You don't know They're which one. They're just out on the beach. Yeah, so whoever's on the beach, and they see and that. Everyone yeah, we, was yeah, on the beach. Yeah, we run it. You know, yeah, and what four hundred and some thousand of them. Well, whoever's on and the beach at the magazines. time. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we promote the pool during the day. We have we get two banners every day. When we promote the night, and we promote the day. You know, wow, so, what an yeah. interesting story. Yeah, and they had magazines at that time, which still around. Travel Host Magazine, who would uh, promote some of the concerts and events. Winterfest had just started, so we had a bodybuilding competition. Mm -hmm. It was a monumental ride, <laughs> a journey, uh, which uh, I think people have often asked me, uh, relating to your bedtime stories. You know, what was what was it like owning a, a nightclub in the eighties in Fort Lauderdale? Yes. And my favorite comment is it was as much fun as you can have with your clothes on. <laughs> I love that. That's the truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As much fun as you could have with your clothes on. Cause it was a lot of fun with very little clothing, but yeah. <laughs> you did have yeah. your clothes on. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so very much, Suzanne, for taking a moment to share your life, you and Alan's life with us at Bedtime Roar Stories um, because it's something that I'm sure many of us, many of the listeners are very familiar with from back in the day. And if they are not, it's something they should look into because the history is unbelievable and the lives that it touched, you know, there were many, many, many things about the history that happened at Summers that I'm sure many of them can relate to. Yeah, we're, we're excited to share the stories. And uh, interestingly enough, even today, a pre-owned T-shirt, which means a T-shirt that was worn is a, of summers, is selling on eBay for $50 a shirt. Right. So a button, uh, for instance, we, we had these, these buttons as souvenirs that we give out. Uh, so... Not you know, to mention the artwork. Yeah, and the artwork went, you know, for our T-shirt company, we had five full-time artists. So... 
the artwork for our t-shirts were really special. And the paintings and the art galleries and the art shows. Yeah, so we're, we're now um, looking forward to, I am to, to publishing a book about Summers and hopefully a documentary along the way, um, telling the stories of uh, what really happened behind the scenes, VIP, right? Um, you know, backstage pass to the people that were really there right. and experienced it firsthand. That's what spring break was really like right. in the 80s. That's amazing. It was a good time. I was here, guys. I was here and it was amazing. And I didn't even touch on half of what Susanna has experienced. Thank you. Well, I thank you both for being on the show. I look forward to seeing the documentary um, and all the other exciting ventures you have planned for summers on the beach. Yeah, thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. Well, I thought that was a wrap, but just as we were about to leave, Suzanne remembered one final story, which I think perfectly captures the sexy, carefree spirit of Summers on the Beach. It's hilarious. I'm so glad I got it from her at the end. So this is a very racy story in the sense that most of our staff would tell us, you don't know what's really going on there as the owners. But this is something firsthand that happened. So on the concert nights and extra nights that we had a big crowd, some of our guys would bring in extra guys mm -hmm. and, to help out with security. So on this night, uh, we were very busy. And this very good-looking football player came in that had been, a, you know, was a football player at a college. In what did you say he looked like? He looked like a Greek god. A Greek god. <laughs> I mean, he was gorgeous. gorgeous, muscular, had a face like Superman, had oh a body god. like Superman, oh and he god. was drop dead gorgeous. Oh my god! So when he came in, I I noticed him, and usually with the new guys we would either have them at the back door or stamping at the front door right and i looked around i looked around and he was not to be found i went out through the crowd by the pool area not to be found i said in the world could he be this right. this big good looking guy and i have never done this in the 12 years that i've been at summers but i walked over to the beer cooler which is probably 20 degrees and I opened this giant steel door. <laughs> and lo and behold. And lo and behold, here he is with his pants down to his knees, butt naked. <laughs> and he's got the girl in, fr in front of him on top of the beer. And he's tossing her up and down. And they are doing it. Oh, my God. So, and I'm sure you were like standing there like a deer in headlights. Like. Yeah. And the, 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 the fog from because i had opened the door from the beer cooler is 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 coming up and um for a moment i was struck and i'm watching them and they don't notice me by the way i've all got the door open they don't notice me at all and i was and then devastated he and then he looked around and we had eye contact while he was in the in flagrant delecto <laughs> and 
I shut the door. I shut the door because I just had. I just was shocked. I First, would have been too. I think the, the thing that shocked me was, was so damn cold in there. <laughs> How in the world doing, is right? he doing this so adequately? <laughs> I'm watching it, and and I I was just I was just nope. frozen oh at, in God. that moment. No pun and intended. <laughs> no, I was frozen, and I thought, oh my gosh, so that. Really, that's I said, an aha. That's a wow moment. Yeah, I said yeah. If, if they can do that there, uh, they. Re I mean, he has more talents than being a football player. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, what a story! Well, I'm glad you shared that with us. I'm sure there are many more that you probably don't know about. Like you said, the yes. employee said you don't know what goes on there. Yes, but the beer cooler you do know about. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh my goodness. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Well, my darlings, that really is a wrap this time. If you remember Summers on the Beach, or if you know another iconic venue with an incredible backstory that needs to be told, I'd love to hear from you. I would love to hear anything about an incredible story or a fantastic venue with a phenomenal history. So if you have that, hit me up at Gina, G-I-N-A, at BedtimeBarStories.com. Lastly, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Suzanne and Alan for taking the time to share their incredible rock and roll story with our little show. But most of all, on behalf of myself and many thousands of 80s kids, thank you for Summers on the Beach, which truly was a bar to remember. I'm so glad you're listening to the show. It's so much fun to be here with you. And until next time, which is our Halloween spooky special, ciao for now, my darlings.